Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. She-Hulk has started, and we've already had the haters going in before She-Hulk started. The haters have joined in to make sure that this show gets bombed and bombed and bombed. And why is that? Why is that? Why does everyone hate this show before it even airs? It's because the insecure masculine population can't handle another female-centric television show on Disney+. Plus. They just don't like it. Every single time there's a female-fronted superhero show or film, it, it, it gets panned before it even gets to the ground up. So how does She-Hulk actually fare compared to all the others? In my fucking opinion, it's amazing. Absolutely fucking amazing and cool. I was just saying this before we started recording, but it it really doesn't take itself too seriously, and I, I think that's kind of kind of refreshing. It's the sitcom that we need. It it really vibes like '90s sitcom tropes. It's got some Ally McBeal feeling to it. Yeah, but deep within the Marvel like cinematic universe as a template, and there's so many references. I feel like the references them, themselves are their their own show. You know, like when, when Hulk in the first episode, when Hulk is going on about like how Tony Stark built this place and, you know, he's, he we're looking around at, 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 at Hulk's face. Like he gets so sad when he talks about like, oh, Tony always joked about coming back and taking it away. And, you know, you're almost waiting for the line. Like, I guess that's not going to happen ever. And he just laments and it's so sad in itself. Like, And then seeing their names carved in the bar. There's so many little moments like that, that hit you where like where your heart is but yet you're right it doesn't take itself too seriously it lets those moments that are comedic and funny and heartfelt exist in the same space but then it passes on to the next moment so i i love it for that i love that we're getting this nice blend of heartfelt moment references as well as this pure comedy gold that we're getting from everybody the dialogue between she hulk and and banner is just freaking amazing their relationship, him constantly trying to up one on her and, and be the bigger, you know, the bigger cousin and try to be the, the better man, showing off that he knew Tony Stark in the first place. Like, all those things. It was it was great. No, it, it, it really was. And, and it's kind of nice to see just, I don't know, what Hulk was doing during the blip a little bit, like kind of actually seeing, like, the Gamma Lab that he was in for 18 months and hearing about, you know, Tony Stark get drunk and bitch about Cap. Yeah, exactly. And like imagining a little bit more of what their relationships were like in real life. It, it's I, I live for that stuff. R.I.P. Science Bros. Yeah, I know. And like that's the thing. That's the kind of nerd conversations that we all have talking about these characters afterwards. So it's nice to see it kind of revisited there. Uh, we get in the first episode, and it's definitely confirmed in the second episode that we're getting Planet Hulk. Yeah, I kind of want, I guess it's like the, the Bruce plot line is just going to be like a little like background subplot where we cut into Bruce and he's like doing space shit. Yeah, he's he's Abed in, in, in community in that one episode where Abed helped deliver a baby as the as the D plot all the way in the background um, when all that stuff was going on. But I don't think the whole thing, I think it's going to be a tease. I don't think Planet Hulk is going to be during the rest of the show. I think this is just a setup for it all. We may not hear from Bruce ever again. Like, maybe we'll get another drop about what's happening. But I think this, they're doing something big with, with, with Bruce. They're just setting it up in that direction. That would be nice. Doing Finally. the second half of Planet Hulk. Because I feel like Ragnarok was just the first half of Planet Hulk. 
Yeah, essentially. And thus, we need the second half. We need to get that backstory of him boning down an alien princess and having a secret son. Yeah, exactly. I just wonder if they're going to go full-on tragic, like the way Final Hulk ended the first time. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm very much for Bruce Banner going back in outer space because it's when he was at his best. Yeah, no, that I mean, Ragnarok is still one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. So, as it should be, as it should be. Yes. Um, I'm glad that they stopped at only having three Thor movies because we never did a podcast about Love and Thunder. Um. Yeah. No, we didn't. We kind of dropped the ball on that one. We'll get there. Anyway, back to the point. So a lot of people are screaming bloody murder about the whole Hulk getting hit by a Jeep when he used to, like, use Jeeps to, like, as knuckle busters. And I find it I find it frustrating that people are throwing in that kind of a thing. One, he doesn't want to hurt his cousin. Two, he's Professor Hulk now. Why didn't they use Professor Hulk? Why'd they go with Smart Hulk? Professor Hulk was so much more the name that we've all given him. You, you don't get to choose these things. Yeah, and, like, we get to choose these things. Everyone should have listened to us. Professor Hulk is so much of a better name. Um, but anyway, he's Smart Hulk. He's not, like, this massive Hulk that he used to be. So he's he's, he's taken a, a bit of a strength, like, reduction in all that, number one. Number two, he doesn't want to hurt her. So it just bothers me that people, like, LARP on these things they hate. Yeah, that's unfortunately... It's unfortunately the society we live in. Yeah, the, the fight was fun. I enjoyed every single moment of it. I enjoyed it too until the bar got wrecked, but then they, they fixed the bar. They so fixed it. Was okay. it. She, he's like, you're fixing this. And even she apologized for that because she knew how much it meant. And then she carved her own name in it. So that was cute. Okay, so one of the criticisms that I have seen on the internet, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel that she is just automatically kind of better at everything? Um, I had no problem with it whatsoever. I take it on two things. There's the there's the canon information that everyone's using, which is that just uh, she has um, more control of her anger as a woman. By virtue of being a woman in our society, has to control her anger. Exactly. So she automatically has that. There's also the thing that we've never really gotten, which is the fact that Bruce was an abused child creating this Hulk banner split dynamic so almost like a moon knight thing where he created a secondary personality when he got attributed to the gamma rays spoilers bruce bruce had issues before he got irradiated yes so and those issues were personified when um when he got the hulk powers so that's why there was such a major split so someone else getting a hulk power if they can survive it may also who doesn't have those issues may also just be right out of the gate, more self-aware, male or female. We don't know. Um, but um, Polanski, he, he eventually was able to turn it off, and we know he can turn it back on again. So he's he's gained control over the power within that. Uh, so it is possible. It's and So I think what caused that initial Hulk, Bruce, insanity was really his, his issues. But that all being said, the other thing I can think of is that his blood as it is now is what got into her. And his blood now has been modified to be Smart Hulk, where he's a, a combination of everything. So I think Smart Hulk blood basically got into her. 
and already maybe made that thing a little bit helpful. Maybe. That is the engineering perspective I have on that as well. So all those things combined, I think I think of. So I'm fine with it. I, I, I just love... Plus, it just allows the story to just jump right into it. It's not about She-Hulk becoming She-Hulk. It's about She-Hulk. Like, within the first episode, we're just there. We're starting it out. We don't want to, like, spend all this time with her as a mindless monster. We want her at work making snarky jokes and breaking the fourth wall. How, how are you feeling about those fourth wall breaks? Uh, it's part of the comic, so I'm quite content with it. Yeah, I, it's not as jarring as I thought it might be. No, it's not at all. It's, it, and again, it's a comic. It's a, it's a, it's a sitcom. It's Alec McBeal. It's, it's Deadpool. It's, we, it's Ferris Bueller. Like we have examples of these things happening and nobody cares. It, it's so let us just enjoy this. What I'm curious about is if she, when we get into her in other franchises, like if she crosses over into an Avengers movie one day, is she still going to be doing it? And how is she going to do that? That that's when it's just her own show. The show's framework seems to be with working very much with within her fourth wall breaks. But when she does it in an Avengers movie, how's it going to work? You know, right? Like Deadpool will spend the majority of the time talking to the talking to the audience, and that works because it's Deadpool and it's his movie. I will say Jennifer Walters being in this universe makes. Makes me actually a little excited for Deadpool because I want them to have a conversation. In the fourth wall. In yeah. the fourth wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Like, you can hear them too. Yeah, I, 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 when they do that, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, that I'm that I'm in for. Because those are the only major characters that have done that, right, in the MCU? Uh, to my knowledge. Wanda, you, I mean, anyone in WandaVision technically could count. You're, yeah, but that's sort of like extenuating circumstances. Yeah, that's because you're choosing, a, you know, an office style template for your sitcom show. Christy wanted me to add this in here, and I'm going to throw this out there. Why is Bruce Smart Hulk hot? She was really kind of digging him in some of those scenes. And I was just like, because he looks like Mark Ruffalo, but green. And that, I mean... Okay, I mean, that's great. I'm glad that she finds herself sexually attracted to Professor Hulk. I think that's more of a her taste thing. I mean, maybe she should spend more time hanging around, you know, cosplaying bodybuilders or Orion slave men. Let's find out where, where, where that actually lies. Does she? Do we need to throw a whole bunch of Orion slave men at her and see if that's what she likes? Or does she like the... the it might, it might just be her thing. Movie? Yeah, or just she needs to just stalk Mark Ruffalo. Like, which which is it? Conversely, I'm attracted to Jennifer Walters because she looks like my girlfriend. Oh, fiance, actually. Fiance now, congratulations. And yes, yes, I thought that too the entire time. Like, is that Chrissy? No, that's 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 not Chrissy. That's she hulk So now you know what, what Chrissy would look like if she got green and and gained about three feet. Uh, which. I will say the CG does look way better than it did in those early promos. Yeah, I was never concerned. Everyone else screaming by murder. I, I I didn't care. I knew they'd get their shit together. They have to. And it looks. Um, it wasn't complete that. when they. It wasn't complete when those trailers came out. No, it wasn't because it's the visual effects community that we're all like slaving. And whenever the audience is like, "Oh my god, that looks horrible! Look at that!" They just all they're doing is torturing VFX people. So every single time someone gets online and starts screaming bloody murder about it and Disney sees that people are angry about the way it looks, the only thing Disney and Marvel does is take the whip and it breaks another CGI VFX person's back 
So he doesn't get food. He doesn't get sleep. He doesn't go to his family. He now has to make sure everything is perfect where everything was fine and on track, but they needed it early. But now it needs to be done even earlier and you're just killing them. So I, I never yell about that shit until I see it in the final form because it's going to be what it is. Um, the only time I feel I ever rationalized that kind of bullshit, like, oh my God, it looks horrible, was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, in which case it deserved an entire redesign. And we got that redesign and we were able to move on with our lives. I kind of skipped to like the episode two stuff. Uh, well, I mean, the, between episode one and episode two, we realized men are douches, men are assholes, which appropriately so. That other lawyer from the firm that she got fired from. I just want him to die. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I want him to not die. I just want him to be slowly picked apart by ants, piece by piece, and brought home. Like, it's such a fucking tool. He's such a incel asshole. Oh, there's a hot girl there. Go talk to it. Like, we all have friends like that, and you just want to like buck him in the head with a horse. Why are you talking to me like I'm a stray horse? <laughs> Sorry, good line. Um. How, how do you feel about the humanizing of Emil Blonsky, though? I like it. He One, Tim Roth is hilarious to watch in anything going on. Um, so I, I, I'm just mesmerized by him. Namaste. Yeah, namaste. With the, with the, with the hands gesturing. His, 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 his haikus. They come from the heart, man. They come from the heart. His seven soulmates who bought him property? I think... The seven soulmates are the Thunderbolts. I thought it was just kind of a, a funny way to poke fun at how like, how like, uh, you know, people that get people like famous prisoners sometimes have people write get to them and like fall in love with them. Yeah. Like they, yeah. 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 No, I, I think it did both of those things. I, but I also think he's just being a little bit sly about the Thunderbolts. I feel then, like if the Thunderbolts already had a line on him, he wouldn't even be in jail. No, I think they still have to go through the proper channels to do it. I mean, he did destroy Harlem. Yeah, that was so long ago, and so much stuff has <laughs> happened since then. But that Hulk, I, I think that's easier, you know, on an individual level than on like a national law level. He's still the abomination. I did, so. you know, I did feel for him though when he was talking about like, you know, his side of the story. Like he thought he was the hero. He thought he was going to be Captain Bloody America. No, the line was amazing. Like the, his his dialogue and his reasoning. Like I did agree with him and every, because after a certain point of view, yeah, he's right. Like he was just trying to serve his country, and Hulk, pre to like the MCU being this big massive thing where superheroes are everywhere, he was just being told by a superior officer that this is a monster that needs to be dealt with, and here's said monster. Right. I mean, there's a monster literally destroying everything he goes through. So. What would you do? Who would you think is the good guy and the bad guy in that situation? Right. Blonsky was correct. I, I, I agree with Blonsky in his intentions. Did it get out of hand? Yes. And was is there definitely an, there was definitely an element of him wanting power though? Because yes, I remember well, he was but, he was I think he, that's after he got it though. That's after he got his first injection. Right. I, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. But then, yeah, doesn't so he, he first do, got his do, first injection. And then he forces someone to, like, inject the Hulk's blood into yes, him Yes, because he was already addicted to it. It was already like, I need to do this. Right. So, like, just like we've always talked about the uh, the serum intensifies who you are, right? So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, like, I want to be powerful so I can kick ass and serve my country. 
and that's what it, it globbed onto, you know, that, that serum stuff. So after the first round and it started to wear off, he's like, no, I need more because I need to complete the mission. He wanted all of it. And that's what he ended up doing. So that's why we ended up where we were. But if it wasn't for that first injection, he would still just be like, yeah, dude, I'm just doing whatever I can. Like he was, he was still just a gung ho soldier, which is most soldiers. He's definitely not being fully honest about his abominationing, though, no, as we see in the post credit. We know, and, and yeah, and we know what he was what he was doing with with Wong, but that's why I'm waiting for Wong to show up and be like, "Well, this is what was going on." And I feel like Wong was helping him rehabilitate while giving him like healthy ways to like utilize his power, you know. And that's why Abomination is able to be like, "All right, I got my I got my fight on, so now I'm gonna go and relax at home," you know. Maybe that's what he was doing. Yeah, it seems seems like it. Although you, you know, you'd want you'd you'd hope that that would be like government mandated. Yeah, but Mrs. Wong doesn't care about government mandates. He, he only cares care. about the bo- the book of Vashanti, apparently. <laughs> Poor Wong. Yeah. Well, we'll get him in the next episode. Um, I can we talk about the best the best meta reference in the second episode though fucking bruce saying that he was literally a different person back then yeah yep 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 like i was literally a different person back then <laughs> and then yeah jennifer's like looking to the camera and being like ha <laughs> so good it was perfect and that i mean this this show had a lot of like references that really needed to be paid attention to there was the 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 little news article that popped up the man with the claws that had the man with the claws in a bar brawl so wolverine possible mention there and finally someone is acknowledging the eternals it's gonna happen eventually joseph it's like finally no because i was obsessing over just like this week i was obsessing over the order of um the watchable order of phase four right and trying to come up with the perfect perfect order to view it in um i do this with all of them just making sure like because release order isn't always the best order to watch. Right. So I, I did it with this one. And the big question mark was, where the fuck do I put Eternals? Like, Eternals is such its own thing with barely any any references anywhere else. There's nothing that happens after it. And no one is talking about the fucking giant man sticking out of the Indian Ocean. So where, where, where do I put this thing? Like, there's even spiritually, energy-wise, like, where does this movie belong? So finally, this was able to lock it into where Eternal, Eternals and Shang-Chi take place immediately before this show. I would say immediately, but close enough. I Because I think Eternals is existing. Let's see. How do I put it? Let me pull up my list. I have my list. Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki Season 1, What If, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, then Eternals, then Thor, Love and Thunder, then Shang-Chi, Miss Marvel, and then She-Hulk. Yep. That's what I have going on. That vaguely sounds about right. Yeah. Because uh, Miss Marvel has connections to Shang-Chi. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder really can go anywhere, but I think it's a nice segue from Eternals into Shang-Chi. Like, I wouldn't put Thor between Moon Knight and Eternals. I just feel like 
viewing wise, energy wise, it just feels weird. It's too much of a comedy. So it goes, but it's still dark enough where we can go from Eternals to Shang Chi without much of a much of a problem. But yeah, this, but, the, but this show acknowledged that it acknowledged Eternals and being the entire fan base finally sigh a, a breath of relief, like, oh, okay, people acknowledge it now. We're okay now. Yeah, I've, I've so many people waiting on waited waiting with bated breath. It was just you, Joseph. Yeah, I know it was just no. It was actually a lot of people. Did I tell you? Did I tell you that while I had COVID on my birthday, I forced Christy to watch Eternals as my birthday gift? And how'd that work out? She fucking hated it. Wow, she hated it. We spent the entire day watching the two Guardians movies and Eternals because I was just like, I just want cosmic stuff, and I was like, I need to. Need to lube Christy up with, with the Guardians because she likes the Guardians, and then segue into the she hated the Eternals. I mean, not exactly the best lube. It's like using really good lube before you like using a, a spike butt plug on anal. It's not exactly how I describe the Eternals, but I guess it's close. But like, it, it, it's just such a different serious mode. It's like pure mythology. It's not. It's like you you stick up and you're gonna like ah. Stand up straight for the remainder the, of the experience. The thing is, there is no, there is no, there's no good way to ease into the Eternals. There isn't. There's so just, I just, I just had to get her in like a good mood. And Guardians is, Guardians is a way to do that. They talk about uh, Celestials a little bit in that movie. You know, it's a little spacey. And then the ending of, you know, the post credits for Eternals, like that feels like it's out of Guardians. So you know, there's just a, a lot of really serious stuff happening in the middle. You just gotta do Love and Thunder right after that. Yeah, well, I'll get back to watching that movie again. Soon. Yeah, exactly. That's the reason why I put Love and Thunder right after Eternals because at least you also have a Celestial reference in Love and Thunder. Yeah, well, just peeking over. Um, peeking over, yeah. <laughs> Plus, again, as you said, it ended with almost like a pseudo Guardians reference, so it's gonna go into that. I'm hoping, and this is totally off kilter here, that. That what we're gonna find out that is Thanos was a deviant, like he was like that. Thanos was basically a, a, a an eternal deviant. I mean, like that would be that would be pretty comic accurate, wouldn't it? Yeah, and and so that all Titan were just a, a world of of Eternals. I feel like it's gonna be a long time before we get any real answers on that, but yeah, I know. <clears throat> we'll we'll see eventually. Um. Do we have any actual final thoughts for She-Hulk? Um, the sh- these episodes are way too short. I actually, I, I actually think they're perfect. This last one was super fucking short. I'm gonna regret that opinion when Charlie Cox shows up, but I, I do like how digestible they are. They are very digestible. I'm not asking for like an hour long. I'm just saying like at least like 35 minutes, please. Like, come on, come on. I can't believe we didn't say anything, but Steve Rogers confirmed to not be a virgin. Yeah, I know. I know. That might be the best post-credit scene in the entire MCU. Everyone, everyone's screaming bloody murder about it, which doesn't entirely make sense. Everyone's like, no, you're destroying Captain. You're making him not relatable. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure he's more relatable now that he lost his V-card to a random person in life that wasn't super special all the time. You know, like, Joseph, now he's not relatable to all the incels. 
Captain America Fox. Yeah, I got the logo meme saved. Um, I just I just think it's a lot of people who are overly romanticizing the fact that a guy who's just sitting there waiting for that one woman to work out and still just didn't Dude, that's that's sex. that's definitionally incel behavior. He was waiting to make love. He still had sex. Sorry everybody. That's just how the world works. I hope that I hope that he banged Peter Quill's grandma. Of course you would. Do you not know that that fan theory? I do not know that fan theory. Oh my god. Essentially, the woman who played Meredith Quill, Peter Quill's mom, also played uh, a girl that asked Cap for his autograph during his USO tour. So a lot of people before She-Hulk were like, oh, what if Captain America is Peter Quill's granddad? Wow. But you know what? Now I... Now I hope it's true. Now there's uh, can- canonical evidence to say it could be true. It, it just became a little more likely. And uh, you know what? Not the worst. Not the worst fan theory. No, not at all. All right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll take it. I'll buy that for a dollar. And I'm looking forward to more Attorney at Law and what happens with this, what Shang-Chi stuff we get referenced in the next one. Yeah, no, I am very excited for uh, another chapter in the Wong Cinematic Universe. How many episodes do we have of the show? Ten, I believe. So we have eight left. Great. Awesome. And we will be here reporting every two episodes or so. Yeah, every two to three. When, whenever we get in there. Well, these episodes are short, so we can we can cover a couple in a podcast. So we'll be oh. back. Okay, we will be back. A little bit later, not every week, but we'll be back. So until then... Hulk out! Alright, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please, tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at InfinityCast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.